Welcome to the Live Well Podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project, helping you live longer, better, and happier. Now, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas, the largest certified Blue Zones community in the country, your host, Ricky Gottam. Hey everyone, we are back with another episode of the Live Well Podcast with Blue Zones Project Fort Worth and North Texas Healthy Communities. I'm your host, Ricky Cotto. It is Ricky Cotto if you talk Spanish uh, with this Live Well Podcast. And this is a series where we talk to actual people who in the community uh, who are living the Blue Zones Power Nine, which are the nine principles for longevity practiced by those who have lived the longest in the original Blue Zones areas of the world. If you're interested in learning more about Blue Zones Project or um, how to get involved with us, please visit LiveLongFortWorth.com. We would love to partner with you, and we would love to see how we could improve the well-being of Fort Worth together. So today we have our, a guest, a good friend of mine named Nathaniel Gassett, a.k.a. El Huero, a.k.a. a.k.a. Uh, he's one of the most creative and talented chefs in Fort Worth that a lot of people probably don't know about. Uh, awesome guy. So Nathaniel, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That's quite the uh, introduction. I hope I, hey. I live up to it. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Hey, we're so glad you're here, dude. Um, Thank you. Hey, so real quickly, uh, so for people that don't know who you are, uh, can you just give us like a just a short bio, like who's Nathaniel? Are you from Fort Worth? Did you get here as fast as you could? <laughs> you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, so I have been here in Fort Worth for about six years now. Um, I've, you know, I feel like Fort Worth is home now. I've been here long enough to where, where I feel like Texas is home. Uh, really enjoyed here. I'm originally from Mississippi, so born and raised there. Um, very different. Yeah. There's a lot more going on here. I'm, I'm a city boy. I, I grew up in the country, but I'm a city boy. I like, I like to do city things, so I have, I have a lot more fun here in the DFW. Nice. Um, but yeah, when I moved here, that's really when I got into kind of the professional food industry. It was always just a hobby before that. I worked in business. I went to school for international business. Oh, nice. Um, used to work in that field and then moved here and started working in kitchens professionally and that's kind of where the hobby uh, became a little something more well a lot something more I guess um, and I've really enjoyed it and I love it so now food is food is what people know me for that's right <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's what I love to talk about it's what I love to do so. yeah and you speak more than one language right I do I speak Spanish and Portuguese Portuguese right uh, on so international business and then now you're just like you know what let's let's do food um, so how, how did you get into cooking like you know what where does this um, passion for food and cooking come from yeah I think Growing up, especially growing up in a small town in the South, um, food is a way to experience other cultures um, from home. Like sometimes it can be hard to find some of those ingredients, but a lot of times you can. Um, and that can be a way to try something different um, and be a little bit more adventurous just kind of from your own home if you don't have access to a lot of travel. Um, and so growing up, I, I didn't travel a lot. It wasn't until I was in college that I had uh, the opportunity to go outside of the country and, um, and travel around. So I think that that's kind of where that love of food originally came from was just seeing different 
people and and different ways of cooking things. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to try that. I wonder what that tastes like, you know, hearing right. about things or seeing things um, and wanting to kind of try it for myself. Um, and, you know, food is, I always say this, and I think a lot of people say this, you know, food is, is a really good way to connect with people. Right. And it's how people connected with me. Uh, and when I was still learning Spanish in Mississippi, there were plenty of times where I would be eating at someone's house and I didn't speak Spanish and maybe one person in the room spoke English. And so there was a lot of nonverbal communication going on and then, you know, inviting me into their home um, or serving me something that, you know, they had been making in their family for generations or was, you know, from, um, you know, their home country. That was a way for them to communicate and that was a way for me to communicate um, with them without you know with the language barrier still being there you know right. so I think that that was an important lesson that was taught to me is that there's a lot that can be said at the table without words and That's I think true. That, that food is a really cool way of you know sharing something about yourself with somebody yeah and you know even even like traveling overseas traveling abroad because i know that you've gone to other countries mm -hmm. um i know even myself you know going to india and other places as well you know e even like sitting at a table with somebody and trying something and not liking it <laughs> you know it's like there's laughing there's like ah look it's burning on oh, you yeah. know yeah, like yeah. It's, its mouth is on fire yeah. you know <laughs> yeah there was a there was a lot of very spicy th i yeah. eat spicy now right. uh, but i did not grow up eating spicy uh, mm -hmm. and so you know going into mexican homes and then giving me chilies i'd never even heard of before um, they and they you know no one was ever you know mean about it they got to right. laugh exactly um, sometimes they would tell me i would you know put too much salsa on there they're like no 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 you're not ready for that yet yeah um, but you know it is it is fun and and i've grown to love you know spicy things because of that over the years but um yeah this is definitely it's definitely an experience and you know i was always raised to be very polite and if right. you don't like something you eat it anyway exactly um i was very picky as a child so that was a hard lesson for mm -hmm. me when i was a kid but you know now my general philosophy is I'll try anything once. Mm -hmm. If I don't like it, it's not the end of the world. I'll probably finish it unless I just can't, yeah. you know, unless it's like a fear factor situation. Right. <laughs> I just can't, I can't get it down. But that's very rare. Usually I can, I can stomach something even if I don't like it. And you know, and I feel like there's a method to the madness on like trying new things. Um, I know with Blue Zones Project, they did a lot of, um, you know, these potluck moais, you know, before, this is before COVID hit, mm -hmm. where, where people would gather together and they would try like new recipes and, um, you know, and that was something I, I, I noticed with you. You know, I remember like using uh, Black Cat Pizza as kind of like an office in between meetings uh -huh. when you worked <laughs> there. And so I would sit there, just catch up with emails, calls, and you would always kind of come up to me when it was slower and you were like, hey, try this out. Yeah. <laughs> I got this new idea. Try it out. And there were some things where I was like, man, you know, I don't know if that's going to be good. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not sure about this. And um, then you try and you're like, whoa, that like works. Like mm. it all like comes together. Uh, so that was something that I just found so interesting with you. So where, where do you get like a lot of your ideas from when it comes to cooking? Yeah, I think that, you know, ideas will come from all kinds of places. Um, 
sometimes it will be kind of a random idea that I'm just like, I wonder what these two things taste like together. More often than not, though, it's um, thinking about mixing uh, or a lot of, I guess, you know, people call it fusion or whatever. But in in most restaurants, especially more fine dining style restaurants, they're going to be mixing flavor uh, profiles from Mm -hmm. different um, traditions. And that's one really... Um, interesting way to kind of get new food experiences is by mixing those flavor combinations or seeing similarities um, in how certain cultures use certain ingredients traditionally and maybe saying, oh, well, I really like how this tastes. Um, I wonder what this would taste like with this. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why it's, it's really important. And most chefs will have a very... Um, wide range in their palate of what they eat because you need to eat a lot of different things. You need to try a lot of different things just to know what they taste like. And mm-hmm. then from there, you can say like, oh, let me try this out. And a lot of the ideas, they're not good. Right. There's a reason why <laughs> yeah. they haven't been done before. Yeah. Um, and I'll try a lot of things that I think are a great idea. And then I'll put it together and I'm like, you know what? This does not taste good. This was a bad idea. Then <laughs> just, you know, you go back yeah. on it. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of trial and error, but you just gotta, you know, try different things. But I have a lot of friends who are chefs, mm-hmm. um, not in this country alone, but in other <clears throat> countries. And so, uh, you know, we're always connected on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They, you know, will ask me questions about stuff here like oh like what is texas food like or they'll see different things that i post and like oh like how did they make that and what is that um and vice versa so we definitely then in the the community we feed off of each other a lot and like we'll toss ideas around like oh i have this crazy idea to like try this flavor combination um and sometimes we'll be like no this is a terrible idea don't do that (laughs) uh and sometimes we'll be like oh yeah i've done something similar like this and this is how i did it and um there's a lot of transparency with most uh chefs they're not they're not, um, I don't know, there's kind of a stigma of like, oh, everyone has to have their secret recipe. Right, right. Uh, And there's people like that, but most of the chefs that I know who are kind of at the top of their game, they're not worried about someone else copying them because they're always going to have a new idea. That's and true. And so it's very transparent of like, oh yeah, this is exactly how I made this and you should try it. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, you, you could talk about it all you want, mm. but there's an execution that needs oh, to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah as yeah. well. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and um, you know, with all your experience in working with restaurants, I, I just have to know, what what is that one like annoying thing <laughs> that chefs just can't stand from their customers? Like, is oh, there like man. a question? Is there a request that just like, um, you know, just kind of <laughs> bothers you? Like, man, just get out, you know, type deal. Um, you know, I think uh, it'll just, be different for different yeah. people. You know, I won't pretend to speak right. <laughs> on behalf of the entire community. No, for sure. Um, but I, I do think that... <clears throat> There's certain asks where um, that just don't make sense. You know, people will want, you know, kind of the classic is like, you know, it's it's like a joke at this point, you know, like right. asking for ketchup when you order a steak or right, something like that. Right. You know, it's yeah. like sauce or you something. just know that it's, it doesn't belong there and it shouldn't <laughs> be there. Um, and it just feels wrong to even ask for it. So I think when people... You know, and everyone can eat whatever they want, obviously. But when people have bad taste and they they want you to make it according to their bad taste, (laughs) it is frustrating because you're like, oh, it could be so much better if you would just try it this way. Uh, So I I think it's mainly that or, 
for me, like if someone wants their meat well done, right. it, it makes me sad inside more than angry. It just, just hurts your heart, man. You're just like, why? What are we I'm doing like, here? Oh, I feel so bad even serving this. Like yes. this, this to me is inedible. Right. No, that that's that's a great point. <laughs> it, I was just always curious because I know that there's got to be some stuff that, you know, a waiter comes back there and says, hey, they don't want A, B, C, and D. And you're just like, why? That, you know? uh, the other thing is no onions. Uh, <laughs> Unless you have an allergy. And I've talked to many people yes. who said they had an onion allergy. Mm. And I would go and talk to them personally and be like, hey, are you allergic to it or do you not like it? Yeah. Because if you're allergic to it, there's onions in everything. That's true. And you probably can't eat anything here because there's onions in the sauce and there's onions in this and there's onions in the preparation. And if you just don't like so the funny. texture of it, then I can make sure there's no you know pieces of onion and whatever I'm serving you. But if you're allergic, like, you probably shouldn't be in the room. And more often than not, I've only met one person who actually was allergic to onions. Everyone else was just like, well, I just don't like them. And it's like, onion, I don't understand the no onions thing. Um, but also, stop lying to people. You're not allergic yeah. to it. That, that's, yeah. that's a very different ask. <laughs> yeah, so true. And, you know, um, you know, speaking of, like, trying... Yeah, you know, new things. I remember, um, you know, you guys had this pop-up dinner that you did a while back, and uh, it was at the Black House. And uh, Luciana. Yeah, I can still not pronounce it till today. <laughs> I just know that the food was incredible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I went with some friends, and I was nervous because <laughs> I saw some of the, you know, the items on you know, on the menu. And, mm -hmm. and this was not one of those situations where you could do that, where you're yeah. like, hey, I want that, but, you know, leave this out mm -hmm. because the meals were set. Yeah. And um, so, you know, this this kind of stretched me. And, and I remember one of the items um, was a bitter salad. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a bitter salad. And I've never heard of that concept before. Yeah. I was like, why? So how, how did the whole um, idea of, you know, a bitter salad you know, come, yeah. <laughs> where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, so um, it definitely was uh, was different for a lot of people here in Texas because it's not really a thing. Right. Um, but a lot of people and in, in a lot of different cultures, you know, bitter is a flavor profile that a lot of people enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and they like bitter tasting things. Here, we're very much on like the sweet spectrum. We yes. Like sweet, we like you know, yeah. spicy things, we like savory things, but bitter is not really a desirable trait. So we did kind of want to stretch people's imaginations a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you get into um, s certain uh, types of cooking that, that utilize the bitter herbs and bitter mm -hmm. vegetables, um, I believe, and that's how we had like radicchio, which is a, is a good one. Yeah. Um, you can cook it and you can braise it and you can do a lot of different things with it. That's going to kind of reduce that bitterness a little bit. So it's not, you know, so in your face. Um, so we did that. And then we also paired it with um, a dressing that was very sweet yeah. to try and, and kind of um, tone that down a little bit. So I think the the idea behind that one, if I remember correctly, um, the the dressing was based in a sauce that's usually used for chili and nogada. Mm -hmm. And chili and nogada comes from Mexico. Um, it's a, a sweeter sauce that's made with walnuts. So it's like a, a creamy, mm -hmm. um, a little bit sweet sauce. They usually have it with the chili and meat. It's delicious. Um, I had it when I was in Mexico City a number of years ago to learn how to make it there. 
And so I was like, oh, this would kind of be cool as a dressing, but yeah. if we use it with, you know, a lettuce, it's just going to be like really, really sweet. Um, and so, you know, we decided, oh, let's make it like a bitter yeah. type salad. Um, and there were some people who they weren't crazy <laughs> about it and, and that's okay, but they tried it. Everyone at the table was yeah, a great I, I tried it yeah. and I was like, <laughs> wow, I've never had this before. And uh, I know it was a while back, but do you mm. remember some of the veggies that you used? Uh, for the salad I know that we had radicchio in there for sure mm. I want to say there was some frisee um, I think we I want to say we put like a, a like a regular lettuce in there too just to make it not sure. so crazy like a you know like a Boston lettuce or like a you know a butter lettuce um, maybe there were sunchokes in there this was this was a number of years ago. Yeah, it was a while. It was a while back. I'll yeah, that's how I was. I can look at the pictures. I was just curious, like, man, I wonder if he still remembers. I, I definitely yeah. remember uh, yeah. frisé and and radicchio, which okay. I love frisé because of the texture, you okay. know, and it's very pretty. But I have no idea any of these <laughs> <laughs> vegetables you're talking about. Uh, that's why I'm like learning about this stuff. I was radicchio like, wow. looks kind of like a little <laughs> a little tiny purple cabbage. Gotcha. Um, and, and it is it's very good, you know, when you when you braise it. Uh, and then frisé, um, it kind of, to me, it kind of looks like coral, like a green coral. Yeah. It's got kind of a very spiny, spindly type leaf. Um, it adds a lot of volume nice. to salads. I do it in a lot of French salads. So what do you what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes people make when cooking plant based foods? You know, when I know in in blue zones, you know, we we try to push, hey, you should eat more. Uh, you know, stuff that you grow, you should eat more plant-based foods, but a lot of people, um, you know, when they think plant-based, they think, uh, it's just, just salad. Mm -hmm. It's not going to taste mm -hmm. good. I'll be honest. I was one of those. I, you know, until blue zones, I, I haven't tried a lot of, I mean, even something as simple as a pepper. Yeah. And now they're like part of my diet, you know, mm -hmm. like anamames and things of that nature. Um, so what, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes people make when trying to cook plant-based? Yeah, I think the, the biggest mistake that I see is people trying to make plants taste like meat constantly. Oh, that's good. And it's always just like, that's you so know, true. oh, this this is like a, you know, a steak substitute, mm -hmm. and, you know, in air quotes, this is a bacon substitute and this tastes exactly like chicken. It, it doesn't, right. um, you know, and I'm not a vegetarian. I don't really have any dietary restrictions, um, but I love to eat vegetables because it tastes good. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't always that way. And I think a lot of us are very we don't put a lot of time and thought into how we cook vegetables. Right. And so, of course, they're not going to taste good. If you just steam a bag of frozen you know, green beans, it's disgusting. Like, I don't want to eat that. No one wants to eat that. It's mushy. Yeah. It's gross. It doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like water. Um, and so, you know, here people will, you know, wake up at three in the morning to put a brisket in to smoke it. Um, but you don't want to spend 10 minutes preparing a vegetable. So, so true. you have to put a little bit of time and thought into how you're preparing them. But the other thing too is, excuse me, um, it doesn't have to be like just a salad, like you're saying, yeah. and it doesn't have to be strictly vegetarian. Like mm -hmm. we just all need to eat vegetables. Like exactly. I don't understand people who don't eat vegetables at all. Like I don't know how you're still alive. It's <laughs> it's a mystery to me. I yeah. know people like this, um, and 
for me, you know, like I'm not a big guy, but I have a very fast metabolism and I eat a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I eat, just eat a salad, like I'm going to be hungry very yeah. soon. If it's just a basic salad, like you get, at, you know, any restaurant, mm-hmm. it's just lettuce and dressing. Um, but there's a lot of other things that you can add to that um, to make it more filling, to make it more substantial um, and, and to make it more of a meal and even if you're not going to cut out meat altogether because I don't cut out meat altogether yeah. um, I, I really like to eat meat I, I enjoy it a lot it tastes good um, but you know why can't we add a bunch of vegetables to that like whatever yeah. we're making why can't the vegetables be the main thing and you know the meat protein or the animal protein you know be kind of the side dish we always especially here in the south and in texas you know the animal protein is the star and the yeah. side is always a vegetable but if we can kind of flip that um for some meals not saying all of your meals mm-hmm. but if you can kind of flip that for some of them um there's lots of things that you can try that are very enjoyable and I feel a lot better when I eat more plant-based foods um, than just eating strictly animal protein. You're tuned in to the Live Well podcast brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project. Keep listening for more well-being tips from our special guest. And for more information about Blue Zones Project and the Power Nine in our community, visit livelongfortworth.com. And I know one of the things I've learned is, you know, um, when I started adding more vegetables in my diet, uh, I was over, I think, steaming it. Like, mm. so I would, I would, like, put them all in a pan. You know, it looked awesome, but then <laughs> just overcooking it, and it yeah. just became like real, like it's mushy, yeah. mushy, and like no flavor to mm-hmm. it. It was just mm-hmm. kind of mix it in with something. You know? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I mean, sauce. it really is like anything else. You know, you yeah. you need to learn to cook it properly, and I think yeah. that's that's the main issue is um, people. A lot of people haven't learned to. Um, or don't have the, you know, um, the habit of cooking vegetables properly because it's more of an afterthought. Yeah. Um, but any, nothing's going to taste good if you don't cook it properly. You know, it doesn't matter if it's your grain, if it's your protein, uh, if it's your vegetable. Um, and so there's, uh, and there's, there's a couple of books. If I can shout out a couple of books, uh, that I like, I wrote them down. Um, these are not going to be necessarily books that are going to be like, oh, you know, 10 easy vegetarian <laughs> meals. Like, I don't like those kind of books. Yeah. Those recipes, they're not my favorite. You can find those things online anyway. But these are books that kind of helped me think about vegetables in a more robust way um, and how to prepare them and just kind of think through the potential of, of the different vegetables. Um, so one of them is called On Vegetables, of course, uh, by Jeremy Fox. He's a, a pretty well-known chef. He had... Um, I don't remember because it's been a while. I Mm want to say um, his restaurant got a Michelin star or two Michelin stars and it was an all vegetarian restaurant, um, which is not very common. Yeah. Um, But he really kind of thought a lot about like each type of vegetable, like Mm -hmm. what can you do with this? Um, And so his book is is for me more conceptual and helps you learn to think about vegetables a little differently mm-hmm. the recipes they're um they're not easy i'll say that they're they're a little bit more a little on, challenging yeah if yeah. you want to try something really different um this and some of the ones in there That's are good. are easier uh and then there's another one called six seasons by uh joshua mcfadden um and his book 
um, also kind of has you think about vegetables a little bit differently, mm -hmm. but um, most of his recipes will inc incorporate, um, you know, animal proteins in them, okay. and they're just vegetable heavy. So, like, the vegetables are the star of the show. Uh, there might be some steak in there, but it's still a salad. Right. No, that's great. That's great to know, and thanks for uh, sharing those. And I know, like, you know, with Blue Zones, they have, you know, the Blue Zones kitchen mm. where they talk about, you know, what are some of the, the things that people that live the longest in the world are eating. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's really interesting because it's not just like a cookbook. It explains, yeah. like, why you mm -hmm. should eat these things. Why black beans? You know, mm -hmm. why... Um, and, you know, and it looks really nice. It's a good aesthetic, especially, yeah. you know, I have it in my kitchen, you know, <laughs> uh, use it every once in a while. But it's really just it looks nice. You yeah. Know? But it's it's definitely helped me uh, know a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. yeah, building that knowledge base when it comes to plant slant is important. It's not just salads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like people perceive. Mm. And then I know, um, you know, with Blue Zones, you you created a recipe for us. Mm -hmm. um it was a, a plant-based ceviche. Yeah. You know, and you use coconut meat mm -hmm. uh, instead. And I remember, you know, when, when people first saw the video, mm -hmm. you know, they just kind of looked at it and they're like, what is that? What yeah. is he doing? Like, <laughs> and, um, but it was really good, mm -hmm. you know. So how did you come up with the ingredients? Well, first of all, for people that don't know what ceviche is, yeah you know so what's ceviche and uh -huh. then how did you think of like the the plant-based version of ceviche mm -hmm. yeah so uh ceviche it comes originally from peru um and so ceviche is usually um fish that is it's still technically raw but it's cooked in you know yeah, lime gotcha. and spices um and so there's lots of different variations of this uh, throughout latin america um there's a lot of very popular ones from mexico different styles mm -hmm. different ways of doing it but usually it is you know a very fresh seafood that you mix in with lime juice and whatever kind of spices and flavors you want and then it's eaten cold uh, it's great I, every time i go to a beach town in yeah. mexico it's like ceviche every day all day for <laughs> breakfast lunch dinner it's so good anywhere you can get fresh seafood that's um, true it's just it's delicious and and I feel great when I eat it too. Yeah. Um, and so the idea to do kind of a, a vegan one or all plant-based one, I actually saw something similar to this at a, at a restaurant uh, that I went to in Los Angeles back in 2017, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, it was a, a more fine dining slanted uh, Mexican restaurant and they were completely vegan. Um, and I went there and I did their tasting menu because I was very curious about um I hadn't had vegan Mexican food before, mm. and so I was very used to, you know, tacos and tacos al pastor right. and all that stuff. Kind of go to the go-to. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a really interesting concept for me. And they had, um, they did have a, a vegan, you know, ceviche on their menu, and it was so good, and it was so refreshing, yeah. um, and it was very light, um, and I loved it, and I thought it was, it was very interesting what they did, and, you know, they explained to me that the different vegetables they used were meant to kind of not necessarily mimic, um, you know, fish or, mm -hmm. or things like that, but to have that range of texture that yeah. you get in a ceviche. Cause that's, what's good about ceviche. You know, you have something crunchy. Um, it's a little bit acidic. It's a little bit salty. It can be a little bit sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have like the soft flesh of the fish and then you yeah. have some other things in there. And so that kind of got me thinking, um, 
more about texture when cooking just in general. And so um, I always really liked that um, that idea and that concept. And so um, I wanted to do something for summer that would be light yeah. and refreshing and just very very clean flavors because um, in the summertime I eat a lot more vegetable and plant-based stuff right. uh, just because it's so hot and yeah. you know I, I don't want to eat a big steak you know when it's 110 degrees you outside the, the meat sweats I, on uh, top of regular sweats oh it's so bad it's so yeah. bad that happens to me all the time in the summer yeah. uh, especially when I'm traveling because I want to eat everything mm-hmm. and so I, I you know wanted to play with kind of some more of those things and, and the other thing a lot of people are a little bit freaked out by the raw element in yeah. ceviches. And so I wanted to have a, an option, um, you know, for people who maybe wanted the flavors, but they were mm-hmm. a little bit scared of, of the fish part. Um, and so, you know, the coconut meat, um, it adds like a really fresh kind of yes. element to it. But it also, it's kind of, it reminds me of like, um, you know, squid that you might find in there. So uh, it kind of looks like it. Yeah, I know I said at it. the beginning not to like imitate meats, but I kind of did that with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it has like raw tomatillo, it has tomato, there's onion, garlic, uh, lime, coconut juice. Um, and so, yeah, just, I was really thinking about what different textures can mm-hmm. I put in here to where it's not boring. Every time you're eating something, it's just the same texture right. over and over again. You're you're gonna get bored with it by, by the time you're done <laughs> eating it. And so having a range of different kinds of vegetables and different types of you know plant-based products in there is gonna keep it keep your mouth interested while you're right. you know eating it. No, it, it was it was phenomenal. <clears throat> it was really good. And for you guys that that want to know more about this, uh, if you go to the Blue Zones Project Fort Worth uh, YouTube channel, uh, the video is there, and you could also get the recipe on our website. Um, so definitely want you to go out and try it. It's it's really good, easy to make, uh, and it, it'll surprise you how good it how good it is. And uh, just to transition, um, twenty twenty comes around. COVID shuts it all down. Yeah. <laughs> I remember March, you're just like, what's going on here? What is this thing? And, um, you know, uh, our city shut down. And I know that COVID has had uh, an impact on you personally mm-hmm. and your family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with with your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, your dad passed away from yes. COVID. And how did um, how did that impact you in that season? Yeah, um, it was a, a difficult year, I think, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think I, I can, I feel pretty confident in saying that yeah. no one no one enjoyed 2020 uh, for the most part. Um, and I think, you know, that that, that happened early on. My, my dad was a, uh, a registered nurse. He um, caught it in April. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a two week battle and it's a, it's a really ugly thing to see. It's, yeah. a, it's a really ugly virus. Um, it's extremely dangerous and it was a really difficult time for me personally and also, you know, for my family. And then, you know, a lot of my friends were, were going through similar situations and it was just rough. It was a really dark season. It was a really dark time. Um, I guess kind of bringing it back to 
to food, um, you know, we're all, we're stuck at home, Yeah. you know? And so you have all this stress and you have all this uncertainty. And so I found a lot of peace, um, in cooking at home because it was mm -hmm. familiar to me. Um, you know, and I had gone from cooking every day, all day, you know, at work <laughs> all day, all night, yeah. um, cooking to now just doing absolutely nothing and, you know, sitting at home. And so being able to cook, um, it, it gave me something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like I needed to eat. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, you have to do it anyway. Um, and I was trying to get creative with what I had in my pantry. It was a uh, time to use up stuff and, you right. know, bring out some different ingredients that I hadn't used before that had been sitting in there for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think it was, it was relaxing to me, um, because, it was one of the few things that I knew what the outcome would be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I've made this, this one thing a hundred times. Um, I know if I put this and this together, this is what it's going to taste yeah. like. And I know if I cook this at this temperature for this amount of time, this is what's going to happen to it. Mm -hmm. And so there was kind of, it, I didn't realize it at the time, but there was kind of this subconscious comfort in mm -hmm. having some certainty in knowing what was going to happen with something. Yeah, and I love that you said that because I don't I don't think people see um, cooking as you know something that can take away stress mm -hmm. or um, something soothing or calm mm -hmm. or calming. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like how you said that because it's like okay, this is one thing that I know the outcome mm -hmm. when everything else around me is chaotic mm -hmm. and like falling apart yeah. and stressful. Yeah, um, you know so. Cooking can actually, you know, help, you know, de-stress. It could actually help you psychologically. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I know that was one thing I noticed, you know, during the the shutdown, during the quarantine, um, you know, you started bringing out all of these cooking videos mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. on your YouTube channel. Yeah. And, you know, you're just there watching like, man, what's he going to make? <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what is he doing? Yeah. And, um so I'm glad that that really helped you uh, during that time. And uh, it's funny because when when you talk about cooking to people, it's almost opposite. It's mm -hmm. it's like, oh, man, that's a lot of work. I yeah. got to clean afterward. It's, yeah. you know, but it's actually the opposite <clears throat> effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it can be. And <laughs> honestly, like I, <laughs> I, I blame a lot of just how cooking is represented in like TV shows and yeah. movies and in America more than anywhere. Um, but anytime you have like someone who's not like a professional in a cooking scene, like it's always like this disaster. And That's it's right. Like, yeah. It's a huge mess and there's, you know, stuff flying out of the blender and like stuff is catching on fire. And it's always just this very dramatic, like over the time. And I'm just like, who actually cooks like that? Like mm -hmm. no, no one does that. It doesn't need to be this huge thing. It doesn't need to be super complicated. Um, now, obviously, in a restaurant setting, it can be extremely stressful. So it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not always this in, you know, nice, nice moment. Um, it, it can be quite the opposite. Um, but I think if you kind of manage your expectations and kind of understand, you know, your your level at home and don't try anything too 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 crazy mm -hmm. right at the beginning if you're just getting started with cooking start with something simple right um and and make a couple of things that you enjoy um and you know can make them frequently and often and then it becomes comfortable for you and then you can kind of branch out from there um and it does kind of become a very 
um, cathartic experience. Even, you know, and I hate cleaning up. I really do. Yeah, it's just part of life, you know. <laughs> you know, when I'm making the videos, it's it's a lot of work, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm shooting the videos, I'm cooking, I have to clean up afterwards, and then I have to edit mm. and, and put them out. And so it is a, a considerable amount of work. But I guess when I started them, what I wanted to share was kind of that experience of this can be something you know, where you're creating something, um, that's needed Mm -hmm. and, and it it can be kind of a relaxing experience. And that's, that's why in all of the, you know, initial videos, there's no music, there's no talking. Uh, it's just the sounds, it's just the kitchen sounds, you know? And so that can, those sounds I found to be very relaxing, um, cause they're very familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's some other ones now, you know, I did a collaboration with a, a local artist, um, and you know we did kind of like a cooking music video which was was a little bit different we had had that concept um and so but he you know this artist he goes by and and Mm -hmm. um does all just kind of lo-fi guitar um music a lot of loops and it's it his music is very relaxing and and chill as well so it kind of went together um but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be this big ordeal. Whenever you cook, if it is, maybe you know, try to do a little less. Yes. At, at one time. You know, maybe you're the issue. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with yeah. you. I mean, I I grew up with. Um, you know, we we rarely went out to eat growing up. Mm. You know, going out to eat was for a birthday. It was it was a treat. It was. Um, something we didn't do much yeah you know so i just always grew up just watching my parents in the kitchen my mom and i mean it was like they would clean as they would cook and Mm -hmm. so there was never i I love that you said that um in spanish just uh there was never a trastera you know Uh like yeah there there was never like overwhelming pots pans everywhere a hot mess um kind of what we see today yeah (laughs) for some of us so (laughs) i'm so glad you brought that up um yeah so if if you have a chance you know spend more time in the kitchen cook Mm -hmm. talk with your family uh you know try new things try new plant slant uh recipes uh it's gonna be good for you so um just to end this so i always ask this question to everybody um that we talk to so what do you love about fort worth Mm. um i really have enjoyed the community that i found here in fort worth um it's very collaborative and, yeah. and this has been my experience. I, you know, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but in my experience, you know, the artists and the chefs and, and the different people and the different communities that um, I'm involved in, they're very collaborative. Um, when they meet somebody and, and they see them doing something cool, it's not super competitive. It's not like, oh, I need to, yeah. you know, crush the competition. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're doing something cool? Like, let's do something cool together. Yes. Um, and I've made a lot of friends that way. Um, and there's always something cool that comes out of it. You know, anytime you do, um, you know, pre-COVID like events or, you know, special dinners and things like that, and you can have two different people come together or multiple people come together, um, and bring their ideas. You always, you get something different than you would have come up with by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, that's what I most enjoy about Fort Worth is just that, that community aspect. Um, it doesn't feel super competitive. I mean, we're competitive 
in a friendly way, yeah, I guess, yeah. you know? Um, but it's, it's, uh, it feels very friendly and it feels very, um, yeah, very open. And so I think a lot of good ideas can come out of that type of environment. No, that's cool. And, and then, so what's next for Nathaniel? What, what's next for Weddle? Like, you know, how can, um, people connect with you? Yeah. So, uh, people can keep up with me on Instagram. Um, on Instagram way too much, honestly. <laughs> so you can follow me uh, yeah. at Wero Kitchen. That's W-E-R-O. Some people get mad about the spelling. There's yeah. a story behind it. It's not just me, you know, <laughs> anglicizing something. Yeah. Um, I didn't come up with the name. Someone else did and gave it to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can follow me there. Website is the same thing, W-E-R-O kitchen.com. And then the same on YouTube. Uh, WRO Kitchen, uh, where you can watch those videos. Um, but yeah, Instagram is kind of a good place to start. Instagram and YouTube okay. uh, is where everything is going to go up. Um, and I, I get ideas from people too. Sometimes I'll ask, you know, you know, what do you want to know how to make? Yeah. I usually get like one serious answer, and then for whatever reason, everyone who follows me, they only have jokes, and I'm just like, this is. I'm trying to be helpful here, but no, you guys are <laughs> not helping. I get it. You're funny. Ah, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, you can definitely. I because I you know I, I like to kind of show different places to eat too um, mm -hmm. around town you know right now I'm only really doing to go or you know outdoor stuff right but um, you know I try to, sh to show off different places that I enjoy eating and different types of cuisine you can find in the city so it's not only just stuff you can do at home but it's different places you can kind of have those different culinary experiences in the DFW right on well dude this has been awesome man thanks so much for uh, stopping by and taking some time and chatting with us no thank you so much for having me it's been fun so this is good and uh, yeah we'll probably see you around the city yeah absolutely so. <laughs> absolutely I'll be here <laughs> right on alright well you take it easy thank you, you so much for joining us and uh, have a great day you've been listening to the live well podcast brought to you by north texas healthy communities and blue zones project well-being initiatives in fort war supported by texas health resources join us again in the future and find more information and podcasts for living well at livelongfortworth.com